0: Hello and welcome to Such Sites to See, the podcast about journeying through cinema with my good friend, Eric, the Alan Bogg to my James Nguyen. Hello, Eric. How are you?
1: That sounds like a fitting metaphor.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to pretend I
1: understand what these mean from now on.
0: <laughs> well, that is the uh, actor from Birdemic and the director of Birdemic who made three Birdemic movies together.
1: Oh, I would totally be in your version of Brademic. I trust you implicitly with my acting chops.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, well, my name is Patrick, and you can follow along with my movie watching on Letterboxd I'm Long Monkey. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about some movies. It's been a, a mm-hmm. very movie-filled two weeks since we last recorded. For one of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will say, Eric, that I have – I. My philosophy has changed. Usually I record things. uh, I watch something and then I write a review on Letterboxd. And I've done that for the past two years. I've reviewed every movie I've watched. And I like to write my reviews before I watch the movie just because I (laughs) pretty much know how things are going to be. You know, for most movies, you can do that, I have to admit. But um, the thing was, I, I watched 60 movies. Uh, for Fantastic Fest this week, which we'll get into later. Don't worry. I'm not going to talk about every movie. Do you but, have bed source? <laughs> I, 60 movies in, um, well, it was 58 movies, half of which were shorts. So that's why 30 features, five features a day for six days. And afterwards I'm sitting there writing these 58 reviews and I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? If this No longer fun to write movie reviews. I enjoy talking with you about them. I enjoy watching them. I have many other writing projects that I like a lot more than my completionist uh, attitude that I've pushed onto Letterboxd. So, no more. If you follow me on Letterboxd, you will get ratings and you'll see what I watched, but I will not review any more movies unless I have a spark that I really want to write something about something and the world will be all the lesser for it. <laughs> yeah. I Thank you, Eric. As, long as I am happy knowing that at least you have read every one of my reviews. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, I have definitely never <laughs> logged into Letterboxd.
0: <laughs> what is Letterboxd? You no, know, I think I
1: just had some kind of epiphany about you. What's that? I think for whatever reason, maybe you should see a therapist. Um, hmm. You just like really long monotonous things like watching five feature movies a day that's about 10 hours mm-hmm. ultra marathoning
0: just that's true
1: really long board games like you just like <laughs> long long boring things and maybe
0: you should think about why that is um Okay, yeah, uh, you have a point there. Except they're not boring to me, so that's the difference.
1: Well, maybe you should think about why they're not boring.
0: <laughs> All right, let's let's not psychoanalyze me during the podcast. Let's supposed <laughs> to talk about movies, and then uh, maybe we'll psychoanalyze you a little later.
1: Maybe I mean, there's a lot there.
0: There, there is, there is. We can have a whole podcast uncharted ground. This. DSM six. It's just <laughs> right. <me. laughs> Well, well, how about uh, you talk about the movie you watched? Maybe we could uh, analyze your choice.
1: Yeah, so I watched. Um, <clears throat> it's spooky season. It's my favorite time of the year. I should be yes. watching more horror movies, but yes. I, uh, I am not because I am a loser who like has to do things sometimes and whatever. So this is a movie I watched for work, but I'm going to talk about it here because why not? Uh, it's mm-hmm. the 2019 version of Pet Cemetery. Which,
0: yeah, I saw that.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny thing is I haven't seen the 1989 version ever. Oh, uh, wow. I just read the book, you know, in the last month or two. This is a really, really solid movie. I I never thought of Pet Cemetery. I think everybody kind of knows the gist of the, the movie at this point. And I never thought of it as a zombie origin story. Until I mm. saw this adaptation of it. And I was like, wow, right. that's actually so much cooler than some random disease. Mm-hmm. You know, the the idea of getting buried and then coming back to life evil. Yes. Um, just kind of a cool concept. That's all I really had about it. But I, I thought it was really well done. Uh, not so much as an adaptation. I don't want to get into. I know this isn't a podcast about adaptations, although we should totally do one of those. Uh, um, oh, that's not a bad idea, <laughs> but just as a film, I thought it was pretty well made and creepy and, you know, I can't compare it to the, uh, I guess original adaptation. And that's uh-huh. a question I have about it, uh, to be honest, cause there were some changes. I think, you know, we're all familiar with the little kid, the little boy in the, <clears throat> sorry, 1989 version gets hit by the truck and then in the new one it's the little girl and in the book it's the little boy as well yes so i'm I'm not sure if this was a remake of an adaptation like a weird game of telephone film telephone or if this was just like its own adaptation or something in between i'm not sure what they were going for but whatever they did worked because it was truly creepy and everyone i watched it with was really creeped out by it
0: yeah, so I, I can talk about the original movie because I've seen it and I really enjoy it. And it's a good adaptation for sure. It sticks pretty close to the book. And the remake was a solid movie, but it, it has that problem of you you have the expectations that have to compare it to the original. The mm-hmm. original I prefer for a couple of reasons, like the direction better, like the uh, the original story better. The new one had to do something different, so I get that, and I like how it ended, and I really just had kind of a problem with how it played with the expectations of what you expect from the original, which you probably, well, you might have noticed because you've read the book, so you knew what would happen to the kid, Mm -hmm. so it played with the expectations of who's going to get hit by the truck, and I was like, it it felt kind of meta And I I don't know. I didn't like that part. It did
1: feel like a gotcha.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, yeah, kind of like a cheap, oh, we're going to do it. And and in the book, the the interesting thing, I know I said I wasn't going to do this, but in the (laughs) book, he keeps having this dream that he does catch the kid. So that was kind of like in the book as well. Like that he had this dream that he kind of was able to snag the kid at the last minute. Obviously in his dream, his daughter didn't then die, but you know, Kind of a little Easter eggy treat, I guess, for those of us who read the book, maybe. Right, right.
0: Okay. But yeah, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed watching it. So. And
1: yeah, the problem is, um, <clears throat> which you got back to, is living up to the originals. Even I know, like that, uh, I can never remember this guy's, the actor's name, but he is fantastic. The judge from My Cousin Vinny plays Judd, who is the old, the wizened old neighbor. Across John Liskeau. Uh, John Lithgow in the in the new movie, but in the original it's the that that very deep, bassy voiced southern mm. guy uh who plays the neighbor. And that's such an iconic role. Like I still oh, yeah. see Fred him yeah. as um as that neighbor. You know? So there are a couple of things that even if I haven't I may have seen the movie all the way through, like in bits and pieces, but I've never sat down to watch Pet Cemetery. Oh. So there are some things that you just can't, you can't really replicate.
0: Yeah. The uh, John Lithgow
1: is great too, but it's, mm -hmm. that will always be the person I associate with that role, that Fred Gwynn.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I understand. It's got the, that's the problem. It's a remake. So you have to compare it. (laughs) It's unfortunate because if it stood by itself, if the original didn't exist, I probably would have liked it more.
1: Yeah. But I do think, I think I liked the actor. Um, He's been in a couple things and he's pretty good. Jason Clark. I do think I may have liked him better than I remember from the bits and
0: pieces of the original that I saw. Whoever that mm-hmm. actor was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember details too much. Dale Midkiff.
1: Yeah. I can picture his face, but that name means absolutely nothing to me.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> Right, well, I also kicked off Spooky Season with a spooky movie. The wonderful 13 Ghosts, the 2001 version by Steve Beck, Matthew Lillard, Tony Shaloub, and Beth Davis. Have you seen this one?
1: I don't think so, but it really sounds familiar for some reason.
0: Yeah, it's one of those early 2000s horror films that was probably really popular when it came out when we were in our early 20s. And it is bad, but goofy fun. And oh, my God. Happen. I am
1: just um, I just went to the IMDb page and the trailer is playing randomly, thankfully, on mute. <laughs> Otherwise, that would be a disaster. <laughs> but it looks so late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah,
0: The the editing is uh, I don't know what kind of drug the editor was on, but it's just like nonstop stop flash cuts and uh, the trailer just gave it, me a headache. <laughs> it's a solid story, and it's got a really great location. And it does have Matthew Lillard, the king of of horror movies from that time period, going full Matthew Lillard, which is always fun to watch. And he's um, so
1: underappreciated to me because yeah. I think like. I just watched, this is embarrassing, one of my favorite <laughs> underrated Shakespeare adaptations, because that was also a thing in like the late 90s, <laughs> early two thousands, those teen movies. Yeah. She's yeah. all that. Mm. I just like, Matthew Lillard has this weird vibe about him that just works as that like corny, over the top, you know, person. Yes. In a movie. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think He's he does so good that at in every does. movie.
1: He's so good at that, at what he does. Yeah.
0: So uh, I would totally watch any Matthew Lillard movie at this point. So everyone I've seen, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed this one, even though it's a terrible movie. It's just goofy fun and it's got creepy ghosts and it could have been really good if it had a sure hand behind the camera and kind of a better script, better editor, better director. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's goofy fun. I would check it out if you're in the mood for something like that. Yeah,
1: I've um, I've also read and heard some things about Matthew Lillard that makes me think. Obviously, you never know; we will never meet these people, probably. You know, unless something crazy happens. But right, he sounds like he's actually a good person. So, I wish he hey, was good. still doing more things. I'm sure he yeah, is. So. I'm sure he's
0: working. He should be. But I saw him in The Descendants with George Clooney, but really? that's got to be almost ten years old by now. So.
1: That was the, yeah. the big Shailene Woodley debut, I think, or the first yeah, major yeah. thing that I remember her coming up in.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, did you see anything else of interest this week? Well, I just talked about cheese. All That. Fantastic. <laughs> Late
1: 90s cheese for, that for some reason I can't get away from. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I don't think I watched so many things that I just kind of forget about in the, the weeks between recording. I should really start gotta... keeping a, a journal
0: there's a website that does if only was like a website like that <laughs> right <laughs> anyway uh well i'll jump into another horror movie i saw the new Candyman.
1: Candyman. oh the jordan was jordan peele the producer on it i think he
0: was a producer yes nia da costa is the director and i'm a huge fan of the original Candyman. i think it's a great concept and this is not a remake. It is a continuation of that story taking place in modern times. Did they have and, the original
1: Candyman actor
0: come back? Because that guy um,
1: is phenomenal.
0: He's the, he's there for some scenes, yes. But don't go in expecting to see a lot of him. <laughs> but yeah, he's great. He's got that voice. Um, this one stars Yaya Abdul Mateen II, who is also coming up in another movie I watched, but we'll get to that in a second. He's great, and he's kind of like an artist who becomes obsessed with Cabrini Green, the housing project that the original Candyman took place in. And this one definitely does solidifies the mythology really well. Like it makes you understand what Candyman is, how Candyman came to be, and it's perfect. It does that really well. The only problem with the movie is it kind of falls apart towards the end. It, it, the ending comes on really fast, has some character do something very unnatural to kind of kick off the climax. Mm. And that was kind of annoying. But besides that, really well-directed, great, just like I said, just does really cool things with the mythology. And the mythology of Candyman is really interesting, really timely. They kind of do make the message pretty obvious which, you know, give or take, depending on um, if you like that sort of thing or not, but it's a pretty obvious social commentary, but that's good. Uh, yeah. I, well, uh, you
1: know, that's fine. Would yeah. you say that this is a kind of a quasi Candyman
0: origin story? I don't, so and I haven't seen Candyman 2, so I don't know if that delves into it, but Candyman 1 kind of uh, delved into it a bit. This just kind of
1: fleshes it out Makes, further. Yeah.
0: Fleshes it out. Yeah,
1: exactly. I love when, especially horror movies, because everyone, you know, you root for the villain to a certain extent, I think. Yes. Um, I love when they actually take the time to flesh out these villains, especially in these long running, I guess Candyman might not really qualify mm-hmm. as like a long running series, but you know, the Freddies I think do probably I'm biased because Freddy Krueger is my favorite. But yeah. <laughs> there's so much lore there. They do a really great mm-hmm. job, and maybe you know, I haven't looked at it in a long time. Maybe it's inconsistent or doesn't make sense in places. But I just love when they take the time to kind of flesh out a real backstory and and give the give the viewers you know something to look at that's to to really dive into.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know the yeah. other
1: one that really does it is Hellraiser.
0: Ah, okay. Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, definitely Hellraiser. I'm a big fan of that, as you know. Um, Okay, I'm going to jump into another horror movie that I saw, which you might have seen, if your memory serves you. Werewolf by Night, the new Marvel horror special. I
1: haven't watched it yet, but I'm really looking forward to popping it in.
0: Okay, I won't spoil anything. I'll just say it's a solid little less than an hour old school horror monster mashup. they did a good job I think Marvel should do more weird stuff like this it's not great but it was entertaining and it feels pretty old school just you know the black and white the creature effects and the style I just wish they kind of leaned into that more because it still has like the kind of Marvel fight scenes (laughs) in it you know a little bit but very very good probably the best thing I've seen from Marvel in in a while wow Well, you know, I haven't seen anything good in like a year, so. Oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. We'll we'll report back when you've seen it. Um, Continuing the horror trend, I saw Smile. Did you see that? I
1: haven't, but one of my coworkers said it was absolutely terrifying in the vein of The Ring. So, and I loved the 1999 version of The Ring. Uh no 99 i think it was what 2001 or two the american version
0: we'll just you know the good one yeah okay that's a whole other other discussion
1: (laughs) Uh, i have seen the original ringu or whatever however Mm -hmm. you say it i apologize to all of our japanese listeners um i still stick by maybe because it was the first one i saw but i still like the american
0: version better it was much scarier okay i don't honestly don't remember either of those movies enough besides bits and pieces but i will say smile didn't remind me of the ring uh directed by parker finn i feel like this one felt very generic honestly throughout its runtime i was not a huge fan couldn't really get into it It has that the the one creepy idea of creepy smiling people and it's it happens at the beginning, but then for most of it, it's kind of just a yes. Thank you, Eric, for, for showing me your creepy smile. But, <laughs> uh, I won't tell you what you have to do now <laughs> until you watch the movie. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah, it, it kind of felt pretty generic. Of a you know, the main character being tormented by this otherworldly evil. And yeah, I've seen that a million times. And this movie didn't do anything to make me care more about this movie than any other. (laughs) Uh, It had some cool images, especially in the climax. But overall, I was a bit disappointed. I think I just wanted something more. It was pretty straightforward. Interesting. Yeah. I have two
1: conflicting opinions. My coworker loved it. You did not. And I trust both of your opinions because I tend to... Well, I tend to agree with you a lot, and Mm. she has very similar taste in horror movies to me, so it'll be interesting to see which side I come down on.
0: Okay, I'm curious, yeah. Yeah, I gave it two out of five. Was there anything else you watched this week?
1: Not really, no. Not outside of the movies for the podcast, specifically.
0: Did you see Ambulance by Michael Bay? I have not seen it yet because uh, I watched that. It's not a horror movie, but I was really excited to see it, and it came up on Amazon Prime. It also stars the guy from Candyman. I will not mangle his name again. Tony Todd? <laughs> no, the uh, I'll, I'll say it. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, the star of K- the Candyman, the new movie. It's great that there are two people walking around with that absurd name. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Ambulance is great. It's my favorite Michael Bay movie. It's very solid. Uh, Better than The Rock. In my opinion, yes, I enjoy this better. But it has been a long time since The Rock. (laughs) He did not direct Con Air, but nice try. Well, he should (laughs) have. Better than Armageddon. (laughs) Well, actually, I've never seen Armageddon, so maybe not. What? Oh, wait, I did see Armageddon. I watched it with you. Yeah. Okay. All right, well. I stand corrected. If you don't remember <laughs> yes. it, it's probably because it was so awesome that you were just blown away. Well, those movies, The Rock and Armageddon, I saw when I was a teenager. So it's been a long time. But this is definitely better than anything he's done since Transformers. Yeah, even better than Pain and Gain. It's just even a really than solid... Transformers 4, Dark Side of the <laughs> Robot's Ass or whatever. <laughs> I'll just assume so. I have not seen that one either. Okay, I feel like I've got to catch up on some horrible Michael Bay movies. But uh, all right, I'll just talk briefly about it. It is a chase movie, you know, a heist gone wrong, people hijack an ambulance, and basically the whole movie is the chase. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal hamming it up as the, you know, crazy over the top villain. It's got a likable character at, at center, a couple of likable characters that you're rooting for. And yeah, it's the script is set up in such a way that you're not exactly sure how they're going to end it, which is nice. Yeah. And, I remember
1: the trailer. I liked, they were singing along to some song or something in the radio.
0: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a scene. crazy things were <laughs> happening. Yeah. And he's got Michael Bay um, doing his, you know, energetic Michael Bay direction. Everything's always moving. The camera's always moving and he's really good at that sort of thing. So it's fun to watch.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. I'll I'll go talk about one more to close out spooky horror movie uh, talk for the week. Mystery of the Wax Museum, 1933. Michael Curtiz. I know you're excited to hear about this one. Wake me up when you're done, please. (laughs) It's just a a 1930s pre-code horror movie about a guy who runs a wax museum and uses... Was this one of the talkies? (laughs) it was it was a talkie it was actually in color two strip technicolor before they invented the three strip technicolor which actually looks really interesting if you like that sort of stuff i um probably have seen other movies that have this look it's yeah it's interesting it's kind of washed out but kind of like ethereal and like uh everything's kind of like got a green sheen to it yeah, like the Matrix. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, this is good. It's just a wax museum guy using corpses for his, you know, models in his wax museum, but it has fun characters and it moves really fast. And, you know, Michael Curtiz has not made a bad movie that I have seen. And uh yeah, I I recommend this one. Another solid movie by him. And just in case you're curious, he made Casablanca and the Adventures of Robin Hood. So nothing good. <laughs> nothing, good. just, just uh, one of my just favorite movies of all time.
1: Classics. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, yeah, that's what I watched besides the fifty-eight movies from Fantastic Fest. <laughs> so wait, those were not part of the fifty-eight. No, they were not. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well. Okay, so our main topic this episode is going to be Fantastic Fest. I'm not going to talk about all 58 movies. I'm just going to highlight and just talk about the festival. But it all started when my wife bought me a gift of a ticket to Fantastic Fest at home, which allows you to stream a selection of the movies that played at the real Fantastic Fest from the comfort of your living room. What was your wife doing while you were watching these movies?
1: I can only she imagine some. she was doing some kind of heist or like she, she's doing something that she doesn't want you
0: to know. Have you seen the rest of your house? Is there <laughs> like a true. major renovation <laughs> happening? I, uh, I, I, she could have distracted me for six days and who knows what she was doing. I don't even know. I didn't pay any attention. She just needed
1: like her own
0: little staycation. I think is what. Really right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no, she watched some with me and then for the rest of the time, she probably, uh yeah, did something I wasn't not supposed to know about. But um, I've always wanted to go to Fantastic Fest. It's a great uh, selection of movies. It seems like so much fun. It's in Austin, Texas, one of my favorite cities. And uh, just haven't gone in person yet. So this was the next best thing, I guess, to watch the stuff at home. I invited some friends over at points, so I didn't get to watch them all alone. I had some friends for some of the more fun movies. So it was a good time. Good time. Have you ever been to a film festival? I was curious. I don't
1: think. Well, yeah, actually, uh, way back in the year nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, <laughs> might have been two thousand. I went to the Montclair Film Festival for extra credit for a film class I was taking in college. Oh, okay. It was great. It was where I saw still one of the funniest animated things I've ever seen in my life, rejected by Don Hertzfeld. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, there. It's on YouTube. Please look it up. You will die laughing. For the love of God, mm-hmm. my anus is bleeding. I will never forget <laughs> watching that <laughs> in the theater. Yep, yep. There was like a weird... I remember there was a weird short film with James Gandolfini, and I think he had just died, or was it was like maybe the last thing he made. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't remember much of it, but it was cool. And I got extra mm-hmm. credit.
0: Good, good. It was well, very important, uh, as
1: you can see my... Burgeoning career in film.
0: Yes, (laughs) this is the epitome of your career. Is doing this podcast. This is the peak. I've peaked. All right. Well, it's only we can only go up. We can only peak higher. But that's uh, not what
1: peaking means.
0: (laughs) That's that. that, uh, Okay, that's true. Well said. So back to the film festivals. I've been to Philadelphia Film Festival a couple times, like five or six times, and I did the same thing. I bought a pass and I watched an ungodly amount of movies so i kind of enjoy that experience of just watching a crazy amount of movies most of which you never heard of and you'll never get a chance to watch again just because it won't be on your radar so you're kind of forced to watch stuff that you wouldn't normally see so yeah it was great touch on a handful of movies only quickly because i don't want to bore you with 58 summaries But I will start with the one I watched first, All Jacked Up and Full of Worms, the greatest title I have ever heard. That sounds so good. (laughs) Yes. We talked about uh, last episode how this is the one I was excited to see, and it is not as crazy or as um, sleazy or as inept as I thought it would be. I kind of pictured a very low-budget shot on video, like – goofy gore fest. It is not that it's actually a sweet romantic movie that just happens to have very disturbing things in it, including people eating hallucinogenic worms. So well done all around great acting. I recommend it and you might not get what you think when based on the title, which is always good.
1: But I really want to get jacked up and full of worms.
0: (laughs) Well, you can always do that on your own. Uh, another highlight, I watched Birdemic 3. And yes, indeed, I did finish Birdemic 1 and 2 beforehand. So I am now complete in my Birdemics. Birdemic 3 is a almost exact remake of Birdemic 1 and 2. They all have the same sort of plot. Cool guy, cool girl, walk around a lot. and. Birds romantic comedy ensues they talk about the environment for an hour and then birds attack in the last 10 minutes (laughs) horrible cgi birds and you know what it was a lot of fun watch it with a friend glad i saw that with someone and it was very very entertaining although if i i I can't recommend watching all three unless you're a really big fan if you're just going to watch one watch number two that's i think the most entertaining
1: Wow, is that the the one of the few cases where the sequel is better than
0: the original? Oh wow. Could be. Could be. Uh and then I'll talk about Lynch Oz, the David Lynch Wizard of Oz documentary. That is by Alexander O'Philippe who directed 7852, the psycho movie and memory, the alien movie. He likes making documentaries about movies. Hmm. And this is a documentary about um, David Lynch and his obsession with Wizard of Oz, which I did not realize was a thing until I watched this movie and saw all the evidence and the similarities and just David Lynch admitting to it in all his interviews. Probably the only thing he admits to, because he is famously very cagey and, and uh strange about what he talks about <laughs> in real life but it, it was great because i had a lot of uh it was just non-stop footage of movies that's all it was it was just talk uh n- people narrating essays over um footage of the movies that they're talking about not just wizard of oz and david lynch referenced a lot of other stuff so if you're a movie fan highly recommended lynch oz cool And then I'll talk about a movie called Jungle Trap, which was released in 2016, it was actually filled in 1990 by James Well, that's Bryan. a good
1: sign. They, they yep. took their time editing,
0: <laughs> making
1: sure that they gave you the best film possible. It I was an exploitation
0: movie made um, in the early 90s by this guy who's made a bunch of these movies. And it was shot on video. It shot really poorly, really cheaply in what looked like uh, someone's backyard for the jungle, and then someone's basement for this jungle hotel that these characters stayed in. And it had to do with like ghosts and cannibals and uh, a murder mystery in this hotel. It was really bad. There a lot of dialogue was about divorce law. (laughs) Some of the characters (laughs) are getting divorced. Um, But I
1: admire the fact For a great film you need drama And what is more dramatic than divorce
0: Exactly yeah And the laws that govern it (laughs) I admire the fact that someone Made this movie for I don't know A couple thousand dollars and was going To release it and probably make a profit Like this was something that was profitable In the 90s you make some like lurid Video cover and then People will buy anything I guess or rent anything But uh, it was never actually released. I don't think it was ever finished. And then the American genre cinema archive, I guess, found a print or something and then finished it, added sound effects and music, and then released it at the film festival.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I'll talk about one more, my favorite movie at the festival and my favorite short at the festival actually coincided with each other. So I just watched random shorts before each movie because they had a lot of short films you could choose from. And my favorite short happened to play right before my favorite movie. It was like Me*, It was great. So my favorite short was called Sucks to be the Moon. And it was a <laughs> animated musical about how nobody likes the moon because it's nighttime and everyone likes the sun and the moon gets very sad and leaves Earth. And it is very... Goofy. The humor is right up our alley. I think you'd really appreciate it. And I love the moon. Yeah. <laughs> the nighttime is
1: the right time, baby.
0: Uh, the songs are good. The animation is good. It's just like a solid 11-minute cartoon that was hilarious. Really good. Directed by Eric Papurth and Tyler March. If it ever shows up on YouTube, I'll send it to you because you'll you would really appreciate it. And then that played right before Hundreds of Beavers by Mike Cheslick. My favorite movie of the festival. Okay. So I'm going to just briefly tell you what it's about. It is a movie about a fur trapper. And I guess the 1800s, he was not a fur trapper. He was uh, was making um, alcohol out of apples out in the woods. And then Beavers destroyed his... Set up and he got lost in the woods and kind of became a fur trapper, but it's black and white. It is a silent movie. It is about this guy surviving in the woods and solving problems about gathering fur pelts to buy goods at the local shop about trying to find food about trying to deal with wolves Every animal in this movie, though, is a person in a giant animal suit. (laughs) And and it is just, I can't, it's like a cross between Buster Keaton, Looney Tunes. uh, And it is just, it's so up my alley. So imaginative. That was the thing. Like I didn't know what I was getting into watching this weird little movie. And then you, you see scenes of this guy, trying to like, I don't know, catch a bunny. And it's just hilarious. All the little editing that they do, it was shot uh, in real snow, I guess, but it's edited like a cartoon with a lot of like cut and paste of different things and a lot of like, I don't know, fake backgrounds and, and weird movements where they're like, I don't know, cutting the person out and like making them move. It's so imaginative, and, it, and it's like I cannot believe all the effort that went into making this movie. It's 108 minutes long, and it is about 4 million jokes in a row. It's like nonstop. And they're not just little jokes. There's huge set pieces that would have taken a million years to animate and film, and I can't understand how they made this movie. There's this chase down this like log flume where the guy is on – a log and there's beavers on other logs and just the way it is cut together and it's like i don't know 10 minutes long and it's incredible It's a really great movie i am a huge fan of the people that made this just from this one movie and i can't wait to see more the other guy the guy in the movie is called Ryland brixton cole twos that's his the actor's name and yeah very very fun that Worth the price of admission, hundreds of beavers. I've gushed about that enough. I'm sorry. Is there anything you'd like to talk about related to beavers? (laughs) Uh, Well, not related to beavers, but to other
1: monsters of the sea or Lake Michigan. So you sent me a list of things because it was impossible for me to watch any of the movies you watched at this film festival. But he sent me a list of things I could watch based on that. And, of course, living in Michigan, I was like, well, how can I not watch the Lake Michigan Monster, which is directed by Ryland, whatever, <laughs> Bricks and Cole 2s. Yeah. Uh, the story is by Mike Cheselnick, which I guess is how they're connected. Mm-hmm. But it's written, directed, starring Ryland, Bricks and Cole 2s. It is about... Uh, <laughs> It sounds very similar and it was, I was watching it and I'm like, this movie is like in parts Monty Python Mm -hmm. in parts. It seemed like it was like not a Wes Anderson movie, but a movie that people in a Wes Anderson movie would be watching. Okay. (laughs) Like um, the similar kind of live action, but almost looks animated. I would say this is like if Wes Anderson made a creature feature because it is about this sea captain trying to avenge his father's death at the hands of a sea monster in Lake Mm -hmm. Michigan. Okay. Um, It's just really uniquely shot. It's in black and white, which normally I would vomit on myself and leave. (laughs) Uh, But this totally worked. And it, it, for a movie that, looks like it costs like a couple thousand dollars to make it mm. looks great and it's really okay. inventive like the whole visual style that they used was just i don't know i, I have no idea how they did whatever they were doing here okay, and it wow. was just completely random like the humor in the movie made me think like was very reminiscent to me of like internet meme humor Okay. And bad dad jokes.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, it sounds similar to hundreds of beavers. It sounds like they got a style going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what those guys do if they do more things.
0: So Lake Michigan monster. Cool. Um, how's the monster? Does it look neat? I'm curious. It's
1: very it a much a,
0: a monster suit. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: It could be a lady. You don't know.
0: It's true. It's true.
1: Um, But in the first like 90% of the movie, all you see are its claws or hands. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very much like that, you know, fifties puppety kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's really what they were going for. And it was great. Okay. But good, like
0: cause...
1: a, like a SpongeBob SquarePants on crack kind of vibe to it.
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> see when i uh when i saw that that was available i'm like i don't know if if this eric would like i first off i haven't seen lake michigan monster so just based off hundreds of beavers i'm like i don't know if this is something that eric would like um i mean i'm sure you would appreciate it you'd appreciate the artistry but i didn't know if it was like up your alley but i guess lake oh michigan that monster humor
1: the humor in this is very like I guess like an adult swim kind of absurdity, okay. mm. adult cartoon kind of like just oddness and so random, but mm. just
0: like I don't know, it clicked with me. Okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm gonna watch it soon as well.
1: And it's only uh an hour and eighteen minutes, so
0: Ah, uh, okay. Much very shorter easily digested. Is there anything else you watched inspired by what I watched?
1: I did watch one other thing inspired by what you watched. I watched Don't Go in the Woods. I'm confused about if it's Don't Go in the Woods or Don't Go in the Woods Alone, because on the poster cover it says Don't Go in the Woods Alone, but if you look it up on IMDb, it's Don't Go in the Woods, 1981. I guess it this seemed like a movie that a bunch of 12 year olds would make who liked slasher movies and they got their dads to star in it.
0: Oh, this is directed by James Bryan, the the jungle trap guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, you know, a bunch of people go in the woods and they're on like a camping trip and there's a monster or something for the first, like, A good two thirds to three quarters of this movie, whenever someone is getting killed by this thing in the woods and it's there's like a bunch of different groups of people who are just killed by this, you know, Mm -hmm. thing, which turns out. So you don't see the guy. You just see like a hand or a claw stabbing them. You can't tell. It's very furry. Mm -hmm. And eventually just is a guy in
0: fur. (laughs) okay (laughs) so is this a cheap a cheap movie like it is a
1: very very cheap definitely shot with someone's camcorder Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense oh really that bad um i mean i guess it makes sense in as much as there's no story Mm -hmm. there's just like i said there's a group of people in the woods there are a couple different groups of people and like randomly this monster which turns out to be just like some kind of weird mountain man killing everyone is <laughs> killing them Uh two people get away but then the one was having these weird dreams in the movie and you're just like what I don't understand what this does he have PTSD from something else mm-hmm. it was just very odd and disjointed
0: do you think I, I no. enjoyed
1: it because it was terrible
0: okay so funny terrible
1: it was funny, terrible. The soundtrack especially was like, they just gave someone who doesn't know anything about music. And they're like, it's a horror movie. They just play weird chords. Anyway, we'll just have this guy, like, you know, just bang on a keyboard. And (laughs) that's basically what it was just random notes. But then Mm -hmm. every once in a while, like it would just break into an actual decent, like soundtracks for like Mm. 30 seconds and then go back to just odd.
0: Mm Mm-hmm so here's my uh my thought based on your description do you think that the weird dream sequences were like another movie that this guy filmed and never finished or is it unrelated
1: no because i think it was like the same people that were in this movie just in these weird other scenarios that didn't happen in the movie or i don't know if they were supposed to be his memories that he was reliving like it was very Very weird.
0: So I'm just trying to get inside the head of James Bryan exploitation. It's not uh, safe. Don't go. (laughs) Okay.
1: You can't trust people with two first names.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So uh, would you recommend going into the woods?
1: I would recommend if you were having like a horror movie party with a bunch of friends who like bad movies, Yeah, this is a good one to watch, you okay. know, but would I uh, choose again to watch this alone in my basement like a sad hermit? No,
0: <laughs> oh, you're not going to say a hermit this one,
1: but you know, with a group of people and like, you know, maybe you're having a couple beers or doing whatever you do to have fun. If that's nothing, that's fine too. Like I I think in that kind of environment, it's definitely worth watching.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. You got two uh, solid movies in based on my recommendations. Did you uh, get any others?
1: I didn't. Not yet.
0: That is fine because with your two movies and my 58, we made it to an even 60. We did it. I didn't know we were trying. Yeah, well, we did it. I figured, you know, we do an average of 30 total between us. So good job.
1: Good job. Good <laughs> job, us. It really pulled my weight, I think.
0: Yep. So, yeah, that wraps up our Fantastic Fest discussion. Um, I think that it's going to – I don't know if I'll go back next year. It was a lot of movies. I'd like to go in person. I don't think I could do this every year. That was more movies than was healthy to watch in, in a short amount of time.
1: Well, I'm glad you've recognized the problem. That's the first step.
0: Yes. (laughs) So, um, all right. I guess it's uh, time to go on to what we're going to watch for next episode. And you and I were both talking off mic. It is horror movie season. And there was a movie that came out that is very uh, fitting for this podcast. Sort of the namesake of the podcast,
1: We referenced it earlier in this episode, in fact.
0: Yes, we did. And that movie is Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser from 2022 by David Bruckner. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a great movie for us to watch together. Just came out on Hulu, and it's very fitting um, considering what the first episode of this podcast was about. So, yeah, I'm I'm, excited.
1: Very interested to see it.
0: Do you know? I, I don't
1: know if this is is this a reboot, is this a continuation, or
0: do you know? I what, don't know. To what be what honest, are trying to do here. I I do not know. I've only seen four Hellraiser movies, so there's like five others that I have not seen. I was gonna say, there <laughs>
1: there are a lot, and I yeah. used to, I'm pretty sure I've seen most of them.
0: So I don't know what this uh, you know, where this one falls, but I guess we'll find out. We'll talk the entire mythology next episode. Man, that um,
1: is—you know—I give any anyone credit for stepping into an iconic role like this, if it is just like mm-hmm. a reimagining or whatever. Because to fill Doug Bradley's, uh, I guess, spiked head to be the next <laughs> one to fill those those nails—that's that, yeah. good for them.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well. Uh, I'm curious to see what you're going to be inspired to watch after this. I don't know if you're going to be watching another of the 12 Hellraiser movies or (laughs) something else, but I guess we'll find out.
1: I guess we'll find out, you know?
0: All right. Well, I guess we could bring the episode to a close. Eric, thank you once again for joining in.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: My favorite co-host. You
1: didn't invite me to Fantastic Fest.
0: Well, uh, next year, you can definitely join me for all 58 movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know I'll
1: forget my next year.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, You can follow along with my movie watching on Letterboxd. I am Long Monkey. I do not write any reviews anymore, but I still log everything. And you should check out my other projects at ProLeary.com. Eric, you know what I'm going to ask. Would you like to plug anything? Nope. All right. Well, then we're going to bring this episode to a close. Everyone, thank you for listening. Have a good night and sweet dreams.